0: Is all powerful. Yes, we do. Well, you know, you may wonder where my sister is, um, and you may wonder where Millie is, and you may wonder where Noah is, our drummer. But they went to a youth thing this weekend, and they're having a good time. And they're on their way back right now. They're in Brainerd. Um, I know that we, we should probably pray for them, um, but also for Tammy. Um, we should pray for her. Um, I know she's going through some stuff. So. Uh, before I move forward in this, let's just let's just go to God in prayer one more time. God, I pray that you would touch Tammy. God, we know that you're a healer. God, that you can touch, that you can minister right now in this moment. God, I pray you would touch them. God, we pray that you would, you would protect the kids as they come back. God, that you would move in there. We thank you for what you did in their lives this weekend. God, I pray that you would continue to touch them. In Jesus' name, God, touch this rest of this service. God, let your anointing and your spirit be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we serve an awesome God. I believe it. Um, oh, probably didn't even hear my guitar at all. It was turned off. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was like. My acoustic was turned off. They, they get to play the electric on the multi track, I play the acoustic. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, Well, God's been good this week, Um, and so uh, we've been in a series titled The War Within, and we're almost done getting close to being wrapped up, but um, I figured for just a moment, there were some things. I want to tell you today, this isn't going to solve your war. Oh yeah, kids, you can be dismissed to Sunday school. Have fun. (laughs) Um, This isn't going to solve the war within, but in everything that we've talked about over these weeks... If you go back and listen to them, there's steps, there's things to do, there's ways to encourage yourself, there's ways to seek help. There's there's so many things to win the war within. And so today what I'm gonna tell you isn't gonna solve it, but it's gonna help it. And if you'll do these things, I promise you, it will t- it'll touch your life, it'll change you. Yes. So yes. In, in this today, um, I wanna to tell you, if you don't take action, will never see change like i know that's like mind-boggling right like if you don't take action you'll never see change but it's the truth and so i have uh i've got some things with me today that i'm going to share with you but I- i've learned throughout my life of uh owning gym memberships that if you don't use them they don't do anything they do, they do, they do nothing for you um I've, I've had many gym memberships the other day i wish i wouldn't have I, I, threw, I threw a bunch of, um, of my key cards away. And as soon as I threw them away, like the next day, I was like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that because I could have used them. And this was probably like two weeks ago for what I'm preaching today. Um, but I brought some other stuff. The Bible says to set aside every weight and sin, which would so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. So I brought this big backpack. Imagine your race, you gotta run with a big backpack. (laughs) It's a pretty heavy backpack. I got a lot of goodies in here today that I'm gonna share with you guys. But anyways, in this this backpack, it's really hard to run with all this weight on your back. If you remember my brother from last summer, when he was a little kid, like, Little, little kid, this is the backpack I would carry him in when I would go for runs. Um, Yeah, Josh Josh ain't going to fit in this backpack anymore. (laughs) Uh, Ain't no way Josh is getting in this backpack anymore. Um, And so in this backpack, there's a bunch of stuff. But when I joined the military, I was like, I want to be the most coolest, baddest guy out there. I want to be airborne. I want to be air assault. Jim, did you ever want to be any of those cool things? No, I I wanted to be, I wanted to be the elite. And so I knew that they do like these forever long ruck marches. And so I put my brother in it and I would go run around the town of Bainville and Ashley would ride her little bicycle uh, next to me and uh, keep up with me. And that's what kept me motivated and then that weight on my back. But you know what? It's really hard to run with a weight on your back. And so the Bible says to set aside everything. It gets real hard if I don't set aside the things. I get distracted by the weight. I start thinking about the weight. Not the distance, not where I'm going and how close I am to it, but I think about the weight on my back. How many of us in our life, it's like that with our relationship with God. I'm focused on the weight that's on me. Well, I have to be this way. I have to live this way. I have to do this. I have to do that. and. And then all of a sudden, we're not even focusing on Jesus anymore. We're focusing on the trial. We're focusing on the situation. And we've lost our attention on what matters, Jesus Christ. So I got some things in here. Things happen throughout your life. And you decide you're going to make changes in your life, right? Well, I hope you find this as comical as I do. But anyways, in my life, I've gone through changes. Changes. And there was a time when I was really into fitness, not fitness pizza in my mouth, but like fitness, you know, like I was trying to be fit and I I bought this stuff. It says it works. You hear how much is in there? I don't know when this expired, two of 2018. It don't work if you don't use it. So it it says it works. It didn't cause I didn't use it. (laughs) Ah. Plenty. I'm a sucker for advertisement. I've talked about this. The enemy knows how to get me. And I was like, oh, this will help me lose my weight. Not if I don't use it. It just sits there in the cupboard and uh, never used. And I began to see those things, you know, and I get discouraged because I let myself down. I didn't follow through with things. There was a day when me and my wife, we were like, let's get in shape. Let's go buy some weights and uh these will this will be what we work out with the five pound ones were mine and the three pound ones were hers and we were gonna do some like aerobics downstairs you know in our basement and uh it was probably only a few years ago that we actually cut the wrapper off and i think the reason why we cut the wrapper off is because i wanted to use it in a visualization church so brand new never used right here weights that uh I've never been used other than in church for visual aids. Still a good, still a good purchase. <laughs> oh, let's see. Storm Maker, pre-workout. It don't help if you don't go to the gym, but boy, it tasted pretty good. But you, I, look, it didn't work because it's still pretty much full. <sighs> Since I started going to the gym, I have to stop, start using this again. <laughs> well, my wife, she's like, I'm gonna get some new shoes so I can go to the gym look at these, aren't these beautiful? Like, they're not even dirty. <laughs> she, she went to the gym a couple times with me, and she's like, oh, you worked me out so hard. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not, it's just, we're just walking on the track. She's like, oh, he made me do these weights 10 times, three times. <laughs> oh, she talked last Sunday about that. Well, then, uh, one time, we were like, my my coworkers, When I was working in the birth center, they were like, you need to get insanity. It will change your life. And so I got insanity and we hung this thing on the wall so we could see the workouts that we needed to do. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's a good workout. But if you don't use it, it ain't going to do you a bit of good. (laughs) You're like, well, Zach, this is all your failed workout attempts. What are you doing? What are you trying to tell us? Well, I'm trying to tell you that in 2012... I bought your shape, Fitness Evolve 2012, for the Xbox 360 for my Kinect. You know how many times this has been used? couple. You know, like I don't think we ever used, but that's what the weights were for, to be coupled with this. Um, and so I look at all my workout stuff, and I have failed. I, I didn't get fit. I didn't get in shape. It didn't do anything for me. The advertisements are like, this will change your life. And I got T25 on a a bootleg flash drive at home that I can play on my, oh, Lord. Anyways, I got some more stuff in here. This is all, like, everyone's got this stuff at home. At some point in your life, you said, I'm going to make a change in my life. Mm -hmm. And didn't make the change. So, in that, how many of you got a Bible in your house? I got Bibles. I got Bibles on Bibles. But you know what a Bible is good for if you don't read it? Nothing. nothing. It does absolutely nothing for you. You don't receive the word of God through osmosis. <laughs> if you sleep on the Bible, it's not going to do anything for you. It's it's words on a page. That's all this is. Words on a page. Look, like it says Spurgeon Study Bible. I got some cool notes in here that um, Charles Spurgeon wrote he's an old time preacher he's got some cool little things in here so throughout this there's little uh annotations that um hit Spurgeon as he was studying his bible but I can never get anything out of it if I don't use it it just because I keep it in the case to keep it nice I do use it just to be clear so when I was in college they made me take some bible classes and it's titled the old testament speaks not if you don't read it. <laughs> it will never speak if you don't actually take the time to read what's in the Word of God. I know, like, I'm giving you mind-blowing stuff right now. You're probably like, Zach, come, come on, give me something good that I can use. Now the thing is, is we've all been in this place. I was going for my to be a licensed minister, and one of the books I had to read is for preachers only. I'd probably be a better preacher if I'd have really studied this book and read it. I'd probably be a better preacher, but I probably only got a couple chapters in because I'm a terrible reader. I'm terrible at sitting down and actually reading something. I could read a chapter and completely forget about it. You know how I have to listen, how I read my Bible? I put it on two times speed because it forces my brain to listen to the Bible. Um, If I just... Put it on normal speed, I'm like instantly thinking about a million other things. But if I put it on 1.5 or two times speed, I can like pay attention and listen to every word and I stay intently focused on it um, while I'm doing other things. But if I sat there and listened to the guy read it, I would be bored out of my mind in about 30 seconds. I love the word of God. I do. I love it, but even I struggle with reading the Bible. So if you struggle with reading the Bible, that's okay. That's okay. But the only way to get better at it is to do it. Yes, to read it. Mm -hmm. So I got some other things in here. Uh, Let's see. When I went to school, I had textbooks. went to college. Development across the lifespan. I think this is one I had when I was in my bachelor's well-used book. But look at this. It's all in color. I'm not a good reader, and I'm not a good highlighter. Cindy, Betty, Jen, you guys are amazing highlighters. I feel like you know what you're doing when you go to highlight pages in your Bible, or and, and, and you take notes. And I'm like, what are you writing down? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I go, I go to class and I watch these people write notes, and I'm like, what are you taking a note on right now? Is what he's saying important? Because I don't know. I, I'm lost. Like, my my ADHD self, you know. So. Me, I try to highlight what sounds important. So I find these highlight these headings that are in color. And I'm like, oh, it must be important. So I'll highlight around those areas. Or how about one of these uh, blue terms? Let me find one. See, I go pages without highlighting anything because there's nothing there. Visual impairment. Ah, that must be important. So let me highlight a couple of those things. So now when I go to take my quiz, I'll know the answer. No. No, I, I was terrible at tests. I was terrible at everything. And then, you go on to more college, and you know what they do to you? They print it in black and white. Aww. This is boring. Look at this, like the, the entire book. There's nothing in color. That's a picture, right there, and it's not in color. And I'm like, oh man, I lost my page. Chapter. Oh, it's just telling me it's chapter 15. Not important. <laughs> just telling chapter 15 is. So when I took my quiz. I could go back and look, and I knew which chapter was. Quick finds. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So if you don't use this, though, you have all the knowledge in the world, but you don't use it. It's as useful as your Bible that sits on the shelf that you don't use. If you don't use it, you're 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 not getting the application. You're not getting the power. You're not getting the Word of God. So I had all these things working out. You know, and I, and I never hit my goals because I never used it. And the same is true in our spiritual life. If we never operate in faith, we will eventually have no faith. But we know that every person was dealt a measure of faith because that's what the word of God says. Right. So, faith is a touchy subject. You start talking about faith and there's a lot of different views out there on faith. I'm the type of person that believes faith has action. I believe that being a Christian is more than be just believing in God. You have to actually pursue Jesus. You have to follow Jesus to be a Christian. Like there's some action that we do. The Bible says without holiness, no man can see the Lord. If I'm never going to be holy. Like I'm all messed up. I've lived a messed up life. I'm still messed up today, but God uses me and I strive To follow and pursue Jesus. So your relationship with God is going to require you to take some steps. He called you out of darkness. Not so that you could sit there. But he brought you into his light. So that he could do something great with you and through you. Like that gets exciting when I think about that. That I have potential in God. So his plan for you is not to sit on the sidelines. Are there any sports players in here? Anyone played sport? Yeah. What'd you play? Basketball. What'd you play? Hockey. Okay, so they played some sports. How many of you guys like sitting on the sidelines? Well, <laughs> Nobody wants to sit on the sidelines like you wanna be in the game. Like all you Vikings fans, Jim, this is for you. All you Vikings fans, when they're going crazy and you're up in the stands, whoa, you feel like you're winning, right? You're like engaged in it, but you're not actually in it. You're on the sideline watching. I don't want to be on the sideline watching what God wants to do in people's lives. I want to be in it. I want to be a help in it. So I want you to remember this. In Revelations, it talks about, I believe it's chapter 12. It says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Him was the devil and then the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb would have been the blood of the lamb would have been Jesus and then you have the word of their testimony what is that it's your story what you have been through all this stuff right here this is a story this is something that that I have in my life we've all got something that we have held on to while we're trying to run our race and it begins to distract us it begins to pull us away from where god wants us and so in this story that i'm about to read in second samuel i want you to remember that your story has purpose that your history the things that you've been through has purpose it's not just items on a shelf it's not just trials that you've been through but it has a purpose so that you can get into the work of god and do something for god so I love this story. This is one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. I got something else in my bag for you just to go with this. After him, verses 9 and 10, it says, After him, Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Could you imagine that? Hey, Dodo, come here. Dodo's kid, come here. No, son of Aohite, uh, who among... Was among the three warriors with David when they defied the Philistines. The men of Israel retreated in the place that they had gathered for battle. Say what? They retreated. They were in a place they had gathered for battle, and they retreated because they were afraid. But something inside Eleazar—this is this is something inside right here. I brought this old World War II bayonet, like. I got things in my house, guys. I got things. Um things. Junk. Really. Like, why I'm not I'm gonna throw away the it works thing today. I promise it's not going back <laughs> in my closet. It's already expired many years ago. We got this right here. Man, this isn't a sword, but it's a good visual representation. Man, this thing attaches to you know a weapon and oh, I think about this. So this story here in verse 10, it says, but Eleazar stood his ground and attacked the Philistines until his hand was tired and stuck to the sword. The Lord brought a great victory that day. Then the troops came back to him, but only to plunder the dead. He was one of the three mighty men that day. I can imagine it out on the battlefield, swinging that sword, killing the Philistines. Oh man. Stumps me up thinking about it not like in the spiritual sense. Okay, like you gotta take it into context. Okay, so anyways He's, he's, he's out there swinging the sword. And I imagine one of his battle buddies yelling, Hey, how goes the fight, Eleazar? Oh, I'm tired, but my hand has clung to the sword. I can't let go of it. I want to cling to the word of God like Eleazar clanged to the sword. I know that this right here has life in it. I know that this right here has the things I need. So I've got to cling to the word of God. So... Eliezer stood his ground that day. He was standing with three other guys, but it only took three people to defy the enemy that day. There's more than three people in here. And I know that there are trials. There's things people are going through right now. But what if, what if we stood together? That's why going to church is so important because I need to stand with my brothers and sisters in Christ. It takes action. If Eliezer would have said, oh, everyone else is leaving. I'm going to leave too his action we have not operated in faith and so fear can sometimes be that deciding factor that stops us in our tracks from doing what God has called us to do but his experience was able to touch other people's lives because those troops came back and they plundered and they took more resources because one man, three men decided to stand and fight that they would not give the territory that God had given them. God's given you some territory. And many times when the enemy rises, you're willing to step back and hide and, and, and be afraid of the enemy. And I'm just trying to encourage you today to say, to take action, to stand there, to hold firm to God's word. So the victory that day affected more than just Eleazar. It affected many people. So the action you take in faith won't just be you. It won't be just your family. But it could be countless of other souls. Just think about that for a moment. What if you answered the call to do something for God? So I look at this. Some of us have experienced Trauma. Some of us have experienced hurt, church hurt, family hurt, friend hurt, work hurt. Like we've experienced so many things. If you're messed up in here, just go ahead and shout amen. I'm amen. Amen. I'm messed up. I've got problems in my life. But if I cling to the things that have happened to me, more than I cling to the grace of God, what is my faith in? Is it my past and my trials or is it in Jesus Christ? If I'm going to say Jesus is my savior, then I've got to learn to let go and put some things at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I'm going to run my race the best that I can. I'm going to chase after you. So what's this first thing? I'm going to talk about action in our spirit. I want you to remember this. In, in Revelations, I believe it was 20 or maybe it was 22. I preached about it a couple weeks ago and I said it was the promises of the devil. Remind the devil of his promise. Mm -hmm. I have hope in Jesus. The devil, the hope that you have is that one day you will be in the lake of fire. The hopelessness that he peddles to you is because he wants you there with him. I cannot live in this hopelessness anymore. Yes, I have days where I feel depressed. I, am, I just can't live in it though anymore. I can't go back to what I was before. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of those feelings. Struggling with depression and addiction was one of the hardest things in my life that I've ever had to deal with. When you get up in the morning and you wish you wouldn't have got up, there is a problem. When you wish that just, your existence is so much more of a bearing on the people around you that you just wish you were no more, there's a problem. Where did that hopelessness come from? I know that there's chemical things. I know that there's things that affect our minds. But I refuse to buy into that hopelessness anymore. I have hope in Jesus Christ. And so, in the first thing that I have to do as a Christian in taking action in my spirit is knowing where my help comes from. In Psalms 121, it says, I will lift my eyes up to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. And he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and the coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I serve a God of preservation. I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've messed up so many times. I knew at a young age, I remember feeling like I was going to be called. And at that time, I was like, I'm going to be a preacher. I don't know what I was thinking at that young age, but here we are today. (laughs) And I felt like God had called me. And then I walked away from God. I joined the military, and man, it was Like I was walking with my brothers and sisters in the armed forces. It was like, did you ever feel tough when you put that uniform on? It was just like, can't touch this. Like I just felt so tough in that uniform. We had a drink, got into drugs, living in Williston, working in the oil field. Boy, that will uh, drag you down real quick if you allow the influence in your life. but like, I serve a God of preservation. I've been a failure. I've messed up, but God preserved. Romans 11, verse 29, it says, since God's gracious gifts and callings are irrevocable, as you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy through their disobedience, so they too now disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you. So that they also now may receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he may have mercy on all. Lots of stuff there. But here's what I know. When God calls you, he's not sad that he called you. He called you because he believes in you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life, so when you begin to say, oh, God messed up when he called me. No, God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake when he called you out of darkness. He didn't make a mistake when he called you. He loves you, and your failures and your disobedience get to show God's mercy. This scripture here, I had never thought about this before. But in my disobedience, now it doesn't mean I should continue in sin. The Bible says don't continue in sin. But when I mess up, I can allow what the enemy meant for evil to be turned for good. Boy, that's a good thing. All the things that I've laid down before, my mess ups, my addictions, my problems, all the things that I had in my life. I can put at the feet of Jesus and he can take it and he can use it for good. Oh, now that I can buy into. I need, because I got some junk that I have got to lay out. But if I keep carrying it in this bag, it's not going to do me any good. It's only at the feet of Jesus when I empty it out that it changes things. I'm going to let God use what the enemy meant for evil. I'm gonna allow him to use it for good. What about physical things? We're all people, right, y'all are human in here? I'm human, I make mistakes, I'm flesh and blood, all those things. And some of the hardest things is taking that step of faith. I liken it to little babies. You hold their hands, right, they hold your fingers, and they take little steps with you, right? And it's so cool, like it's so cute, they're taking steps. It's just like, it's just like as a new Christian sometimes. I love being a baby because there's God. He's got me. I'm taking my little steps. But you know what? I'm not called to stay a baby. That's right. I, there has got to be a point when I start eating some meat. There's got to be a point when I start having some changes in my life and I start taking some steps on my own. So what's some of the steps? Well, let's just start with the basics. I got to repent. God, look, God's got a job and you've got a job. In repentance, your job is to own up to what you've done. God, I'm sorry for my sin. Help me to not live in that anymore. Leave it at the feet of Jesus. Turn around. Leave it. It's a process. But the act of forgiving, you can't do that. Like, the only one that can do that is God forgive you. What about baptism? like... That is an act of faith. If you ask me when God was like, let's, I want to do baptism as as part of it. That's about the silliest thing. You want a man to put someone under the water and bring them back up. And that's the washing away. Huh? That, yeah, yeah. That's the problem is it like it gets to this point in my mind where like, I got to do more. To have it forgiven and washed away and all those things. And no, God's like, this is your job and, and this is my job. Let me do my thing while you do what I've told you to do. Too many times we try and do God's work when we really should be running our race. You can't run God's race. You can't be Jesus Christ. But there's things in your life that you can do. I want to be full of his spirit. I can't do that. That's on him. So right now, there's multiple people in this room. So I'll just, just do this real quick. Just go ahead and shout out, I got a next step. Okay, okay, I was, I was a little weak. Everybody in this room's got a next step. I don't care if you've done this a million years. One day, every one of you have a next step. I have a next step. I don't always know what it is. Leg day. <laughs> Leg day. <laughs> uh, so what, what are some next steps? When I was a young person, I came to my pastor, and I said, "God's called me to preach." And he said, "Oh, yep, okay. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna let you do children's ministry." (laughs) You know, I I love kids, whatever, but I don't like teaching or, you know, like I I work in the schools, and uh, when I when I when I have to go into a classroom and teach in a classroom, Lord. (laughs) It's the worst thing ever, because I have no classroom management skills. I thank God that you are all good adults that can just like listen, because if you were all talking, I would not know what to do. (laughs) Teachers are angels sent by God, I think, sometimes. (laughs) And so I I was like, oh, I can't do that. You know how many toilets I have cleaned? I've cleaned so many toilets. I've vacuumed so many floors. And I don't say that to like toot my horn or anything. What I'm saying is when we humble ourselves and we're okay with just the little things, God will put things in our path to be like, you want to do this? Here, because you are faithful in the little things, I'll give you some bigger responsibilities. And so when I'm faithful in these little things, I'll vacuum. I'll be the best vacuumer at my job, at the church. I'll wash the toilet. I'll scrub it the best that I can. I thanked Carl in the first service. He went and fixed that toilet in there a week ago. It was leaking. It's not leaking this week because he went and pulled the toilet up. He changed the wax ring. He changed all the guts in it. That is ministry. You're like, but that's dirty. Ministry is dirty. You know how much I preach and how much this right here is my ministry? About Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This right here is about 5% of my ministry. I enjoy it but I don't really like to be in front of people. I was telling someone at the first service, I was like, the lights really help me um, because I, I'm squinty already and I don't like looking at people's faces. Like it, it really just like, pff, I get so anxious. That's why I'm nervous. <laughs> so anyways, what's, what's taking the next step look like in your physical life? Maybe it's repentance. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's seeking to be filled with His Spirit. Maybe it's teaching a Bible study. Maybe it's committing to having family devotions in your home. Maybe it's uh, taking a step and saying, "I'm going to read God's I'm going to read the God's Word," you know, one day a week for five minutes. I'm going to pray five minutes a day. Like that is a step in the right direction. Maybe it's like I'm just I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to Bible study. I am I need the accountability I, I i maybe i'm gonna be maybe i'm gonna commit in, in giving in my time or in my finances i promise you this you cannot outgive god right. god is god what does the bible say he's the the uh i can't remember what it is but anyways god's bigger than my bank account okay yes. like and i am not here saying hey everybody needs to give money that is not what i'm asking you But I'm telling you that God is faithful, that if you will put your trust in him, he is the provider. I'm not going to tell you that if you sow a seed of faith of $273, God's going to answer all your problems. That's not what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you if you follow Jesus, you're going to have trials. You're going to have bad days, but it's so much better walking with Jesus because that's the truth. There isn't a dollar amount. There isn't a time amount, but what it is is I am Steadily walking with Jesus. That's what matters. That's what changes our lives. Is when we pursue him. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9.10. It says whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Do it with thy might. For there is no work. Nor device. Nor knowledge. Nor wisdom in the grave. Whether thou goest. A little bit of a downer here. But we are all headed to the grave. If God doesn't come back. We are going to the grave at some point in our life. And all the knowledge and wisdom that you've got is going to go to the dirt with you unless you give what God has given to others. So one of the things, uh, those, there's three pictures on the wall out there. There's three churches that we sponsor. One's a missionary. Um, and one of the people on there, his name is Zane, um, we, I, I help him. With his website stuff. They're in a church in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And uh, they're, they, they're, they just started not too long ago. And they're in a um, library. a library. Thank you. Yeah, they're meeting in a library. Like, I didn't know you could meet in a library. But on Sunday, I guess it's, it's closed. So you can do whatever. He knew the lady who was the director. So they had it an in. And their church is filling up. And I just get to play a small role in helping build the kingdom of God. I have knowledge that I had to learn and study real hard to get, but I am willing to give it freely to see God's kingdom built. So what wisdom you have, give it. What understanding you have, give it. Speak into someone's life. James 2 says, what does it profit, my brother? If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and you say to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give to them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I love the fact that we've helped people. I love the fact that we've put a stove and doors in a person's house. I, I love the fact that, that, that we've helped someone get an apartment. I love the fact that, because how can someone hear the gospel if they don't have a home? Yes, they can hear it, but what's on their mind? How many times do we have something on our mind and we can't shake it and the preacher's up there being crazy, yelling? I'm hungry. Like, I know, like, I try not to be long-winded because people get hungry. And I know, like, when you get hungry, you check out. And so I've got to, like, wrap this up. I'm almost done, though. So (laughs) we've bought groceries for people. I love that. Because you can't just tell someone, oh, go and be full. (laughs) It don't work that way. (laughs) Faith is action. That's what these scriptures are telling me. Faith is action. So don't take what you have to the grave. Give it. What God has given you, give. Help people grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So your, stay, your step of faith can impact so many lives for good. Don't belittle yourself, telling yourself that you, know, you can't make it. Don't, don't, don't put yourself down. I, I want to encourage you as you run that race. Set aside those things that distract you. This, I, I know this may sound crazy, but I'm going to do it anyways. Because in the first service, it's kind of funny. I also have some boot waterproofer in here. Also only used one time. Once this winter. And they started leaking again. But you know, like, i it's got to be used multiple times, right? Um, you got to keep applying it. So, <laughs> in this boot waterproofer, like... At first, I was like, "Did I use this? And then I recognized the smell and was like, yes, I used it because it made my house smell bad. Because, you know, I'm not going outside. It's cold. <laughs> so I used to do youth ministry for a few years, a long time. And what if I could tell you there was something you could spray that would increase your faith? I believe that there's some young people who believe that acts increases their faith that they no longer stink. (laughs) I walked through the gyms at schools and I smelled the ax being sprayed. I'm sorry if you don't shower, you're still dirty. (laughs) No matter how much ax you put on at these youth events that I've been to, it doesn't cover up the fact that you didn't clean your body first. (sighs) So how does that apply to my faith? god i've got to clean this stuff out of my life before i can before some things can change before some. otherwise i'm gonna keep going back to the faulty thinking i'm gonna keep going back to the bad coping mechanisms i'm gonna slip back into addiction i want to slip back into those things but when i lay it down before god and now it changes some things so what's the what's the boot waterproofer for your life what's the axe for your life it's god's word Let him do the work. I don't know. If you like acts, good for you. (laughs) So faith. I can become weak in my faith at times. I struggle to take a step of faith. And we all come to that. And it's okay. But one of the reasons I attend church is because I need my faith exercised. I need my faith to grow. And the only man, when I come to church, I love this place. I don't come here because I preach. I mean, that's, that is a, like one thing I have to do. Like, so I do feel like there is a little bit of responsibility there. But I don't come here because I have to preach. I come here because I love getting together with like-minded believers. Like, They get excited about the word of God. Like, I know I'm crazy sometimes. But I'm just excited and passionate about what God's done in my life. And I get passionate and excited when I see what God can do in other people's lives. (sighs) James 1. Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. Oh, that doesn't sound. I think I might have put the, is that really in the Bible? Like, Consider it great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. James, (laughs) James, <laughs> what you talking about, bro? <laughs> Consider it joy. Ain't nobody like a trial. They'd be like, oh, I love a good trial. I love some good tribulation. I love it when the enemy is coming at me. No, I don't love it. But it, it changes some things in my life. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Like, God, I just want patience. And he's like, okay, here's a trial. And you're like, oh, God, I just... I just want the patience (laughs) minus the trial. Like, can we have it my way, not your way, God? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You want to run? You better empty out the bag because you're going to get focused on the weight pretty soon. You may be able to keep it for a little while. You may be able to stay with it for a little while, but there will come a point when you can't make it anymore. And if you would just empty that bag, stop carrying those things around with you and lay it at the feet of Jesus, you could run the race a whole lot better. Verse four says, but endurance must do its work, complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Yeah, I'm not going to stay a baby. I'm going to take steps of faith. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. that's That's a good one. I like that because I lack wisdom a lot of times, but I'll pray and ask God, you know what? He is not going to send you and leave you without what you need to do it. You're like, oh, God's called me to do this. Then do it. Don't don't just wait for like a roll to be opened up and the skies to be split and be like, okay, now it's your chance. If God's called you, start taking some steps of faith. Start taking some action on your part. Verse 6. Here's the, here's the, the one thing that you have to do. And I struggle with this one. And I'll explain it here in just a minute. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Now I pray we come to prayer on Saturday, and sometimes I pray for God to do things. And then I'm like, God, I'm praying for this. But, like, is it going to happen? Like, sometimes my faith is wavering. I get weak in my faith. And, and I, like, pray, God, I know you can do this, but I don't think you're going to. Why even pray it? God's like, cool. You've already wrote the book then. I guess that's how it's going to be. Like, so this is really powerful scripture when it says, let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. <laughs> Lord, uh, sometimes this is me. My mind is like. Whew, whew. Yeah, if you've got like some ADHD or some anxiety or depression in your life, you're like all over the place sometimes. You say one thing and you're like, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm an idiot now. You know how hard it is sometimes to get up here and preach, do something, people laugh and then you're like, oh, Lord. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I just said that. I say some things. I do some things. And I'm like, God, I know that you hate me. (laughs) And he's like, no, my calling, I don't repent it. I love that I called you. God loves that he called you in your mess ups. He loves that he called you just the way that you are. Because he can use you the greatest to bring glory to him where you're at right now verse 7 says that person the doubter should not expect to receive anything from the lord <laughs> oh man verse 8 says an indecisive man is unstable in all his ways that's a tough one that's a tough one. uh oh, i love it though when the bible just kind of lays it out real crystal clear for me uh i wouldn't say that all the time it's like that i read the bible and i'll be like what you mean there god and sometimes it's real clear, have faith about what you're praying about, that God's going to do it. It's hard to take steps of faith, but God has a job and you have a job. So when God calls you, you have a job to take that first step. You're like, whoo, that first step is full of fear. That, that first step, I, I'm, Ooh. God, you know, I'm not a real good speaker. God, God, you know I'm not—I'm not real good with this, or I'm not real good with that. Take it. He's called you for a reason. That's right. He knows that he will equip you for the journey that he has set you on. Amen. So, the scripture here in James chapter two, verse twenty-second, twenty-six, it says, "For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also." This isn't just talking about you and your spirit and your body being dead, but it's also talking about the church. I want God's spirit active in the church. If it's not active, the church is dead. That's literally what they're saying for the body without the spirit is dead. I've got to have the spirit of God, not just in my life, but in my church and everything that I do. I want God's spirit there in my life. I've got to have him because without it, I am nothing. That's and then it says, so faith without works is dead also. I am going to take steps of faith. I am going to see God move. I am passionate about seeing people's lives changed. Throughout my entire life, I remember after my dad passed away, um, I remember a guy took me, his name was Ricky Ward, took me to help teach me how to change brakes and bearings. And so I went with him, and he was showing me this stuff, and I could not wait to get my hands on there and get dirty. I was going to look so cool. Like, that's what I thought of. That's how I think still to this day. Like, oh, look at my dirty hands. I did something today. Well, later on in life, I got into being a surgical tech and I was working in surgery, and there was one day, I got to touch a heart. I just got to retract it a little bit while they were sewing, um, and it, it wasn't beating, because he was on bypass, but like when I got into surgery, all I wanted to do, I'm sorry, but I just wanted to get my hands in there. I was so excited, and I have a weak stomach. The first deer I ever shot, I threw up. <laughs> but I was able to stand there beside the surgery bed, and. Put my hands and do something. But now I get to touch people's hearts with the power of God. Like there is something about it. I don't. I got to be in it. I can't sit on the sidelines. I got to be in it. I got to God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Yes, I get anxious. Yes, I become afraid. Yes, my fear comes up. But I can't. I've got to see someone's life changed. When you begin to walk the journey with people. All of a sudden it begins to change you. You will never know all the answers. Right. And there will be questions that people ask you, and you'll be like, I should know it, but I don't. Cindy, you get me all the time. She asks me questions. I took some Bible college classes. I don't know all the answers. There isn't a person in this. If someone tells you they know all the answers, they're lying. I don't know all the answers, but I will study. So when someone asks me a question, I'll go and study and try and figure it out so that I can give an answer. I don't have much more to preach. I just want you to know that if you begin to take steps of faith, it will change your life. It will. I left Williston for multiple reasons. One, I had met... Uh, my wife, Um, I wanted to be with her. And so I left Wilson. that was one of the reasons. It was also the home that I was living in. We drank every day, we we did drugs. (laughs) Our basement was a nasty place. Like, oof, I can't believe I sat in that place. And I don't know why my wife continued to date me after she saw my friends. I don't know what was in her mind. I don't know, maybe she was like, I can change you. <laughs> I'm glad you had faith, babe, because I sure didn't. <laughs> oh, I had a messed up life. I was so messed up. One of the reasons why I left, though, was I knew if I got out of the environment and changed my environment and the people I was surrounded by, I maybe had a fighting chance. Yes. But if you continue to live in that state, you've got to take the steps you got to walk out. You can't stay in that mindset. You can't stay in that place, surrounded by what you've always been surrounded by, influenced by what you've always been influenced by, and think that something is going to be different. So true. I got my faith has got to be alive. I can't have dead faith. My my, my church has got to be alive. I, I can't have a dead church. I love the power of God. Amen. So, pray and ask God. What's that first step, God? i had to move i had to get out of there maybe the first step for you is repenting paul said i die daily and ain't nobody in here that's like i'm better than paul i'm gonna die daily too i'm gonna repent god i need you every day because i'm gonna mess up every day maybe maybe being baptized maybe god's dealing with you about that We have, we always keep that warm and uh clean noah who's at that youth thing he always vacuums the sins out for me uh, that's not how it works I'm gonna have to change my joke because I feel like I've said that too many times but he does <laughs> he 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 scratches he gets the dirt cleaned out <laughs> and then I put the chemicals in there to really you know keep it clean <laughs> maybe maybe it's desiring his spirit maybe it's you know what I've been a bench warmer I can't be a bench warmer anymore. And you're like, you know what? I, this is the only place I can be. Like I, The bench is where I'm at. Well, then on that bench, it better be a place of prayer. It better be a place where people can come and sit next to you and pick up something from God because you spent time in his presence. That's not being a bench warmer. That is being in the heat of the battle. My grandma... She still got purpose before she was coming here. She was picking up people and bringing them to church in, her, in her, uh, the home that she was living in. I took her driver's license away though, so that's my fault that she isn't picking anyone up now. <laughs> uh, she's like, oh, that's a good, good good advice, act. I'm gonna use that this week and get my driver's license back. <laughs> um, don't be a bench warmer. These chairs are not even that comfortable. Like I bought the cheap chairs because I want to make sure no one got comfortable. (laughs) You got to get up and move. (laughs) Uh, You know, I am thankful for God. And, And throughout this series, it has opened my eyes to how many times I have walked in fear. It's opened my eyes to how many times I have allowed the enemy to dictate what would happen in my life. I've got some bad coping mechanisms. i got some things that I do when I get depressed and angry that, I, that, that, that are just wrong. And, and there's some things i got to work on in my life because I'm imperfect. I'm a human. Y'all are human too. And I know that there's some imperfection in here today. Thank God. That means there's an opportunity for God's grace to be made known. For his mercy to be made known. And so don't say, oh, I've made it, I've arrived. You haven't. If you do, you've sold yourself a lie. Every one of us. We have a next step. Don't go back to the way that you were. Don't go back to the, the way that you've handled everything. God, help me to lay it out before you. Don't let me go back to the person who gets stuck on one idea and then jumps to the next thing and don't let me be a collector of the knowledge you've given to me and and, and keep it all for myself. God, let me exercise my faith. God, let me operate in your spirit. It's prayers that I've got to pray. There's no person in here that's perfect. or has arrived. Every one of us have got mistakes. Every one of us need the power And so, as this song plays, I I want us to take a moment and just pray. God, what's my next step? If you need to repent, it's simple. You you, you just need to lay it before God. God, I repent of my sins. You ain't got to come to me and tell me any of your sin. I don't want to know, but if you need help with it, I'll walk the path with you. I'll walk next to you. I'll do what it takes. There's people in this church that'll link arms with you, that'll help you walk the walk and talk the talk and live for Jesus. But you just have to say, I need help. So as this song plays, I want you to pray and just seek God. God, I pray that you would move in this place, God, that you would touch us. God, we magnify you, Jesus. God, we thank you. God, I pray that you would touch us in here right now, God. God, I worship you. I magnify you. If there's things that you need to lay down today, why don't you do that? If you're tired of living where you're living, come to the front. Let's pray together. Coming to the front doesn't mean, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. No, it means that you're in need of Jesus. And there ain't a person in here that don't need Jesus today. Jesus, that you would move in this place
1: and favor your Jesus.
0: I can't go back to alcohol I can't go back to those things it wasn't what God wanted for me I can't go back I can't go back to that mindset of depression and suicidal ideation I can't go back my chains have been broken I've been here I'm faithful for what God's done in my life Oh, Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Oh, Jesus, if you've repented, you don't have to continue to beg him. All you need to do now is begin to thank him. God, I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for what you've done in my life right now in this moment. God, God, I just pray that you help me to not go back. God, I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to do my best, God, to walk after you oh Jesus I worship you I thank you God hallelujah I've been changed oh yes I thank you Jesus
1: Change me, oh Jesus.
0: Go back I won't go back. Hallelujah. Came and if that's your prayer today, why don't you put your hands and just worship him? Thank you, God. I worship you. I magnify you, Jesus. Come on, let's just give him some praise. Because what he's done, God, we worship you. God, we thank you. We magnify you, Jesus. So, God, I thank you for your changing power. God, I thank you for the story that you've given me, the testimony. God, God, I thank you for the trials. God, God, that have increased my endurance. God, I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's okay to sometimes question your faith but don't give in to it it's okay sometimes you are human and there are times that you're gonna struggle but don't give in to it I'm not telling you being a Christian is all flower and roses pretty petals and a wonderful journey it's a journey and in that journey you're gonna face hills you're gonna face rattlesnakes you're gonna face cactuses you're gonna come out with some scratches but in the fire he's with you, in the, in the water he's with you. Because when I look at the Bible, the Old Testament begins to speak when I realize that he split the water when the enemy was chasing. They were afraid of what could happen but the water split and then as they went on God provided for them the food that they needed. He made it so their shoes didn't fall apart. like. Forty years they kept the same shoes. I can barely keep one for the same year. God loves you. He cares about you. The children of Israel, when they were faced with the fiery furnace, they stood and there was another in the fire with them. I'm thankful that there's another in the fire today. There's another walking with me. There's another grace and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm thankful for grace and I'm thankful for mercy. God loves you and he cares about you. Don't ever forget it. God, I pray you touch us, God, as we go from this place, God, that you would strengthen us, keep us, God, moving our lives today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Tell someone hello. Give someone a high five. Tell them you're glad to see them.